Hey, bestie, I'm so happy you're here. Welcome to Staying Inspired. I'm your hype woman and host, Amanda Yoa, and my jam is inspiring the glass ceiling breakers, the bold move makers, the best life living women in the making. This is the hottest place for empowerment, real conversation, inspiration, humor, and tools for you to up-level your life and make some bold moves in that main character energy. So now that you're here, grab some snacks, sit back, and let's get into it. Hey, girlfriends. Welcome back to another episode of Staying Inspired. I'm your host and hype woman, Amanda Yoa. Today, I have an amazing guest with me. Bridget Sobis, she is the Power, Joy, and Profits mentor and founder of and CEO of the Power and Joy Coaching Academy, helping women and men reach their highest levels of success. Bridget, it's an honor to have you here and I can't wait to chat with you. How are you doing today, girlfriend? I'm awesome, Amanda. I'm so happy to be here with you. Awesome. So I wanted to really talk today, and I know we discussed this, um, about the power of saying no in order to say yes to you. So I kind of wanted to start off the conversation. You know, was there a time when you had difficulty saying no to something? And how did that impact your life? Yes. Uh, Yeah, I had a huge challenge with it. And it's the whole reason, (laughs) the whole reason why I actually created a talk around it. Um, Yeah, support other women around it because I, I've been an entrepreneur for over, gosh, now 18 years. It's crazy to say. And um, my, I had a, my first business was a hair salon. So I owned a brick and mortar, um, an employee based business. There's a whole, you know, I, I found myself being, I called it Wonder Woman stunt double. That was like my nickname. Like I was doing everything for everyone. I was a yes man to everything that came my way. And then I was also a Pollyanna pleaser. And I had a really hard time saying no to people. I will be honest with you, having, cause I, my salon was an award-winning business. I, you know, when I took it over, I took it over, it was pretty dysfunctional and I was growing it. 30 to 40% the first few years I owned it. I, you know, um, I had everything from six employees to 26 employees and everything in between. And having systems and structures like employee handbooks, job descriptions, compensation structures, those systems actually like, I I don't know how I want to put this, saved me as a business owner. (laughs) They really helped me as a business owner because I was really able to put aside my negative thoughts and limiting beliefs because they were on my, my negative thought pattern was on a hamster wheel. And I, and at the time I really struggled from getting off of it. And then like, I would become a yes. Like if you knew me eight years ago, I was bringing in between a few different companies that I was working with over a million dollars in revenue. And I was saying yes to every single thing. So I was like bending over backwards. I would find myself working 16 days in a row, 12 hour days. And it happened quite often. And actually I was exhausting myself and like my anxiety went through the rough. Mm. I feel that. And, you know, I think that sometimes can mask the reality because it seemed like you had a very successful you know, life at the time, business at the time, 
not having that, you know, ability to say no, you know, for women listening, they might say, or they might be in a, a similar situation and be like, well, you know, I'm making all this money. I'm super successful. I get so much done. But in reality, like, I feel like you have to look at it. You have to take that like third person point of view and look and see if there's like that balance. Like you were saying, you know, yeah, you were making money you're making the company money. But on the other hand, you were burnout. You were exhausted and your, you know, your sense of self was depleted, you know? So I think it's like a really important thing to remember when you're in that, you know, state of not being able to say no, take a look at, you know, what's going on and maybe say, okay, I need to make some changes here. So a lot of times that could be a struggle. Why do you think people struggle with accepting or, or saying no, or even, you know, accepting no? I think a lot of times people struggle with, you know, accepting no as an answer as well. Yeah. So the type of work that I really specialize in right now is working with the unconscious mind. And a lot of our values and belief systems, they get programmed into our little unconscious minds between the ages of zero to seven. So I think whether it doesn't like whether you come from the most amazing family or, you know, dysfunctional families or everything in between, um, not, not great things happen to us. We even get as a child when we're growing up, you know, parents are doing the best that they can, but children typically do hear the word no over and over and over again. No, get out of there. No. Don't do that. You know, they're getting in trouble and they're just being kids, having fun and being curious. And yes, the parents are protecting them the best way that they know how, but it also can develop into limiting beliefs like, oh my gosh, if I say no or hear no, I'm going to get in trouble. Or it starts to develop these really strange, like negative belief systems. Or it's like, you know, if your parent tells you, like, do as you're told, like if you're constantly told that as a child, that can evolve as an adult as constantly telling people yes, because you don't want to, you know, not do as you're told or not do as you're asked. Yeah. So, and then, you know, the other things that happen, like then we're in school and whatever we hear from our teachers and then, then it's our peers, the peer judgment Sometimes bullying happens with kids, um, the peer pressure, and then hearts get broken as we get older and we're, you know, dating. <laughs> so there's all these things and like, our, like the, again, the unconscious mind gets programmed whether we're realizing it or not. And then 95% of our behaviors and actions are actually run by our unconscious mind, which is has been storing like the negative belief systems. So um, a lot of people, I believe, battle, battle with that. I know personally, I was battling with it all the time. Even when I would be so successful, I would win an award. I had an award-winning business for 13 years in a row and I win an award and I would be like, it was like, oh, that's all great. Okay, what's next? <laughs> I was like next and the next and the next. And I, at the time I wasn't enjoying my journey. It was like, is everything ever going to be good enough until I, till I started 
working with my unconscious mind. And then I was introduced to the work of NLP, which is neuro linguistic programming, timeline therapy and hypnosis. I was like, oh my gosh, is my mind finally off of the hamster wheel? Do I not believe that thought anymore? So yeah, those are things that led me to the reasons why I believe and the people that I follow and stud- study under is, yeah, when it's all starts when we're children. Yeah, it's so true. It's like everything that's been programmed into our brain. So like, you know, for the women listening who may say, well, you know, listening to this and they're like, well, damn, like I have a problem telling people no too. I feel bad or I feel like I'm letting them down or I feel like, you know, people are going to be mad at me. How can we change our mindset to see no as more so a redirection or an opportunity rather than a rejection? Yeah. Yeah. I'm all about, well, first and foremost, really getting clear on saying, I mean, you don't have to say no to every single thing that comes your way. That's not what it's about. It's really about, you know, really looking at, I love what you like stepping outside. It's almost like stepping outside of yourself and really looking at, okay, so what am I saying yes to that really isn't serving me? So saying no to the things that aren't serving you. So you could say yes to the things that are serving you more. So I actually, for just some even best practices that, um, you can let you can put in place right away is I like to first and foremost, if someone is making a request of you, take some time before you actually give an answer. I don't know, maybe it's a boundary down. Like I will get back to you within 24 to 48 hours so that you can actually sit with it and think about it. Um, I love pausing doing like um, it's called it, called box breathing where you're literally like breathing in for four seconds holding for four seconds releasing for four seconds holding for four seconds do that four times in a row because that will actually calm the help calm your nervous system down if you're feeling like you have to automatically have this like reaction because so many times it's like it's it's really becoming more consciously aware of your actions and behaviors. So really taking that time to, to slow down. Um, I like, it was so funny because not that long ago I had a, I had a, a something scheduled, like a meeting scheduled and I'm so used to the zoom calls these days. Like I, no one calls me anymore, very rarely. And all of a sudden, like I had, I, I was like in my mind, I knew I'm like, Oh yeah, I have a call at 10 phone rings. Boom rang again, but it was like so automatic. That was like, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so proof. That's such proof to me that we unconsciously like have behaviors that just happen automatically. Cause I was like hanging up on this person. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, actually this is a, a, an appointment. So I'm calling it back and I'm like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to like hang up on you twice in a row. But um, it really is becoming more consciously aware of your decision-making. So then you can really start shifting your own behaviors on what you're constantly saying yes to. And then later on, you're regretting it. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's like, you know, 
taking yourself out and looking at past where you've told someone, you know, where you haven't told someone no, or maybe you thought you should have and looking and seeing, like you said, like where that took you and, you know, realizing that if these instances or situations are constantly taking you down a dead end road, dead end road or things that aren't for you, then you have to like establish that, you know, boundary or which I think one of the things that's really important because a lot of times women may not know what to say no to because they don't really have core values in place. I think they're important in making, you know, decisions for anything, especially when it comes to telling someone yes or no and having the confidence to say no to what doesn't align. You know, sometimes if we don't have core values, it's hard to say with conviction and confidence, like, no, that really isn't for me. You know, would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. I love that you brought that up. I would say even like businesses have core values and individuals having core values. And then when you get really present to what your core values are, you can make decisions and have your behaviors based on those core values. I love that. Yeah. And, um, you know, I wanted to elaborate a little bit on, you know, saying no and receiving no. You know, a lot of times we hear no as an answer and it can get us really in our feels, feeling a certain type of way. <laughs> you know, I know I've been there. So, you know, what would you say to women listening who have received a no and it really like bothered them or had them feeling like really stuck? Yeah. Well, everyone write this down. You can write down Q-tip, Q-tip, quit taking it personal. That's a good reminder because no is just not now. It could be just not now. And then maybe it's just, it's, it's, that's what the other person values. So it really has, it's quit taking things personally and I, it depends, I guess it depends on all the context that we're going to talk about. Like, when are we hearing a no? Is it in sales? Is it someone, you ask someone on a date? I have no idea. <laughs> but like, you know, so like, what is the, like the context um, around it? Like in sales, I'll just go there for a second. In sales, like let's, you know, statistically, we might have to hear no seven times or eight times before someone actually says yes. Like that's a statistic. So it's like let not having that stop you, like continuing to follow up, nurture the relationship, you know, um, check back in with somebody. And then I've had someone, people that have said no to me probably eight times. And then like after the ninth time of reaching out to them, they're like, okay, yes, I'm ready to start working with you. So I think the biggest thing is not taking things personally because the per the other person, they're doing what's best for them at the time. And then I think the best thing too is just if you really want to know where someone else is coming from, it's like that seek to understand. Ask open-ended questions. And when I say ask open-ended questions too, I love asking for permission. This is another thing I would tell everybody to write down. Ask for permission when you want to ask somebody else questions or even give somebody else feedback. Like, oh, I, I gotcha. You, you shared, you said no to me. I'm really curious about that. Would it be okay if I asked you some questions so I understand where you're coming from? <laughs> 
Because when you are asking people for permission, their guard gets let down. It's part of like rapport building with other people. So, and then if you want to give somebody feedback, so like this is the one thing I love, this is the analogy I like to use. Like, let's have you ever been sitting with one of your girlfriends and you thought you were in a space where you were just, I don't know, something didn't go very well and you were venting to them. And then all of a sudden they were like deciding to give you their two cents on what you think they think you should have done or should have said. And then all of a sudden you're like, all I wanted to do was have you listen to me. Like I really wasn't ready for a lecture over here. <laughs> have you ever been in that situation? Right. Well, what, what, what would it be like if your, if you, your friend said to you after you were venting, cause it happens, you know, I, I just say, choose who you're going to vent to <laughs> choose wisely. But like, if your friend were to say, wow, Amanda, like that is a bummer. Wow. Would you like to hear my thoughts on that? Would you like to hear what I think? And then you could be like, oh yeah, I actually, I would. Instead of like going in, I love asking for permission everywhere, whether you're in sales, whether you're in, you know, romantic relationship or uh friendship my actually my boyfriend's really good at it it's so interesting he's always good like may i ask you something and i'm like sure what <laughs> and it's like I, he's i just think that's like something he grew up doing so no funny. i love that i love that you brought that up because it really cuts out like you know us getting in our feels when we are presented with a no because assumptions can really take us down a, a a dark path so being able to have that open dialogue and you know that person that's telling you no may be literally crapping themselves by be, like finally stepping out and saying you know i'm setting a boundary here like no this is not in alignment with me so you don't even know like what mindset they're coming from they might just they might be just as upset telling you no as you are receiving the no so you know having that open dialogue and more so like that explanation I think it helps you give more redirection for yourself and it turns that no into redirection and a pivot to what is essentially for you, right? And I think when we allow no to overtake our emotions and keep us stuck, we put ourselves in that victim mode to where, you know, everything's happening to us. Oh, they told me no. You know, I've, I've, I've always talked to people who, you know, haven't gotten the feedback that they wanted to receive. In terms of like something that they were going out and shooting for, you know, for themselves or their business or whatever. And I said, well, you know, there's probably that happened because there's something bigger and better than you could have ever imagined waiting for you. So why are you getting caught up on something that wasn't for you? And why don't you start pivoting towards what really is for you? And I think, you know, having that mindset really allows you to, you know, kind of just let it brush off your shoulder and not get in your feels when, when someone tells you no. So, you know, I really love that. Yeah. And like, I love what you're saying too, because if you like, I like to adopt the philosophy or I do adopt the philosophy of there's no failure. There's only feedback. So when a breakdown happens, the practice is, okay, what happened? I mean, you, you know, I could say, yes, have your, I'm, you know, I'm all about releasing negative emotions that have been holding you back from the past. 
and also healthily feeling your emotions. Like if I get angry, I'll be like, before, if you knew me, if you knew me five years ago or eight years ago, and I was angry, especially if I was talking about my divorce, you'd see me angry all over again. Like it would be like, fuel to the fire. Now I could talk about my divorce like it just happened. It was like a circumstance. But now when I'm having my feelings, I like get my have my feelings, whether they're sad, whatever, if they're the negative ones. And then I'm like, all right, I'm going to allow myself like five minutes over here. I feel my feelings. But then I'm like, okay, so what happened? What did I learn? What are the positive things I learned about the situation? What do I know about myself? What are the positive things I know about myself? And then what's the inspired action I'm going to pivot into? That's all there is to be. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And pivoting, you know, as to not so much receiving the no, but giving the no. Would you say, you know, saying no can become a practice of self-care or self-respect? Yes. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I like to call it being deliciously selfish. Hmm. Deliciously selfish. I like that. I'm going to start making making coffee mugs and t-shirts that say that. I know. See, this mug could have had it right over here. I know. (laughs) Well, what that really means is, what it means, my definition of deliciously selfish is pouring into yourself first. You have to fill up your cup. You have to take care of you. You have to do the inner work. Then when your cup overflows, because you filled it up so much, then you actually can be a better business owner, a better leader, a better mom, a better father, a better friend, a better significant other, whatever that is. And then that is a ripple effect on everybody else in the world, making this world a better place. So gotta, you have to fill up your cup first. Otherwise, too many people out there, and I was, that was me. I was giving and giving and giving and giving, and then I was like so empty. It was like, I actually was resenting my own business. That's, that's how far down it got, resentment. And that is not a fun place to be in. Yeah. And I think it's important to really stress too that you can be successful from a place of having boundaries and being able to say no. You know, I think a lot of women feel like that they have to sacrifice and, you know, be in that like martyrdom that we've often grown up, you know, from moms and grandmothers. You know, it's like we watched our our moms and our grandmothers take care of their children first and not take care of themselves. And then we just carry that on with us. But it really, success can happen from a place of having balance and realizing that what's most important is your being and your doing. And if your being is not, like you said, if your cup is not being filled by you, then your doing is just going to be crap. I mean, you may be successful the numbers may be numbering, right? <laughs> but at the end of the day, if you're not showing up and being feeling like you're in your doing what you're doing, being happy every day, then it's really you gotta you gotta really readjust some things and find that balance again. So yeah, I love this conversation so much. 
Thank you so much for being on today. I want to actually, before we end, I always do, I do a game from time to time, just to add to them a little razzle dazzle. So I do a game. It's like, would you rather? Oh, geez. Okay. I know. It's, I mean, it's nothing like crazy, but uh, would you rather go camping or visit the beach? Oh, beach. Same. <laughs> I'm actually living two blocks from the beach right now. Are you? Oh. Yes. Yes. I'm living two blocks from the beach. I had a goal. I put a goal in my future about seven, eight years ago. And I was like, I am setting my life up so that I can work and live anywhere I want. So I'm originally from Chicago. I put my stuff in storage. Uh, I sold my brick and mortar salon that I was reinventing my business and then created the Power and Joy Coaching Academy. And then um, I, I yeah, put my stuff in storage. I live, I live in Pittsburgh part-time and then I go wherever I want. So I wanted to live at the Jersey Shore this summer. So that's where I'm at. Oh, you're at the Jersey Shore. Nice. Yeah. I'm literally two blocks from the beach. I love it. So you have to w focus on what you want. You set goals. Envision your goals happening. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So here's another one. So summer fruit. Are you, would you rather watermelon? I should say this, how normal people say it. Watermelon. If you're from Philly, you say watermelon. Oh, okay. Or <laughs> watermelon or pineapple. Oh, that's, ooh, both are good. I like watermelon. I don't pick watermelon. I yeah, love watermelon. Same. You know, what's funny. Growing up, I used to hate pineapple. Like anything, if I got a fruit salad and had pineapple in it, I couldn't eat anything that it touched. It just grossed, grossed me out. And then as I got older, I started liking it. And now I love pineapple, but watermelon was always my favorite fruit. So I, I'm, I'm team watermelon as well. Yeah, I cantaloupe. That would be cantaloupe for me. I'm not a cantaloupe fan. Oh no! Yeah, I don't know. It can uh, cantaloupe for me tastes like a shoe. I can't. Yeah, <laughs> tastes like a shoe. Not that I would know what a shoe tastes like, but I if I could imagine what a shoe tastes like, it tastes like a cantaloupe. Um, and all right, no, last one. Uh, would you rather go to a baseball game or go to the movies? Oh, baseball. Yeah. Baseball. I'm a baseball gal myself. I'm a Cubs fan. Oh, no. Chicago Cubs fan. <laughs> you got to be a Phillies fan, man. <laughs> if anything, I would become a Pirates fan. Oh, no. <laughs> no, but, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I draw the line. That's where I'm saying no. <laughs> Steelers fans and Pittsburgh fans, man, they're crazy. <laughs> crazy in a good way. <laughs> I mean, they are, but I'm pretty sure in Philadelphia, we might just have a little bit on them. As I will say, no one likes us and we don't care is our slogan. <laughs> so, all right, Bridget, it's been super fun. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I, I mean, I've learned so much about, you know, saying no, I hope whoever was listening had some gems dropped in their pocket. Keep it for when you need it. And until um, next time, stay inspired. Thank you so much for listening, Bestie. If you love what you heard, spread the word. Screenshot this episode and post it on your social media. 
don't forget to tag your girl. If you would like to show some further love, give this podcast a review over on iTunes. And be sure to follow our Staying Inspired Podcast Community Facebook page. I'm super grateful for each and every one of you. Together, we create that next level self. Till next time, stay inspired.